our trade wrap. Thanks to CMC Invest. So much to come up. We're going to catch up with Barrett Sunderays and talk about the cricket mm. a little bit later on. We need to get to some news headlines. Don't forget you can catch Breakfast with Mark Bickley and Jared Walsh Tuesday to Thursday from 6am. Here's the news. The all-new Hyundai Kona is here. Bigger and bolder. Discover more at your local Hyundai showroom. A Balfour's in one hand and your team's colours in the other. Balfour's are for the game. You're listening to The Run Home with Kimbo and The Roots. IGA Supermarkets, it's how the locals like it. You're listening to The Run Home with Ben Hook and Michelangelo Rucci. It is time for Trade Talk, and it's thanks to CMC Markets, brought to you by CMC Invest. It's international investing made easy. Download CMC Invest today. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count. Well, Roach, yes, thanks to CMC Invest, it's time to chew over everything that has gone down over the last 24 hours in the AFL trade market. I guess a real full stop on where we're at with free agency has been um, the most significant part of today, and there'll be some uh, extended trades drifting on into next week. Until Wednesday's deadline, so we're just under an hour away from free agency. We'll talk in a moment about the issue that has really burnt a lot of time is about the compensation picks that are delivered with free agents. But on the trade table will not be the name of Tom Hawkins. He's now just signed a one-year contract extension with Geelong. It will be his 18th season in the AFL. And when you think about how that career has unfolded to already be at 347 games and the criticism there was at the beginning, particularly the love that Bomber Thompson showed Tom Hawkins and belief that just had to just wait for the moment to then see how this man would play in three premierships at Geelong, become five All-Australians. And Bomber's not forgetting those who kept pointing out that Tom Hawkins was a slow burn. You people, all of you, all of you, says rubbish. Yes. (laughs) You've you've been sitting on that audio grab for the last uh, hour and a half. Um, uh, Roach... Can we get to just some of the local issues? And I'm, I'm interested in your perspective on it. At what point does Port Adelaide tell Geelong, no, you are just, you are trading in, good, in bad faith and mm. we are going to try and do something else with pick 24 to get Asava Radigalia out of your club and you will miss out. At what point do you start making those threats? Well, Port doesn't have to worry until... Well, they don't even have to worry until the national draft. Now, the interesting point is here that Sava Radicalia this time is out of contract. Last time he was in contract and had to stay to Geelong. This time, Port have put pick 24 on the table. Now, doesn't that seem fair enough? 24 for a Sava? The bit that I, I think find more I surprising. think it's perfectly reasonable, and I actually think that Geelong are operating in bad faith, and I do think that there's a point where the AFL actually has to come out and say, no, that's actually perfectly reasonable. Take it. Otherwise... We will conspire against you to make sure that you don't get anything out of this deal. I don't well, think that's unreasonable. Well, you know the AFL won't act. So the, the, what no, does I, Port I understand do? that what the AFL do? the AFL acts against clubs in all manner of things, but this is actually becoming quite shameful from Geelong. And Andrew Mackey, I mean, good South Australian boy, and mm. I think he's probably doing a little bit of the bidding of his coach who went way too far earlier in the year on his stance well, the on the AFL Asava won't act is because in the end, Asava Radigalia has options. So his first option will be, once he falls out of contract with Geelong on October 31, is he gets out his draft form 
and he nominates. And he can also reach the point of putting on his Form B on there, his term and income expectations. Now, we can debate whether six years is said to be the case with Port Adelaide. Putting a six-year contract in front of Savaratigalia seems an extreme, but maybe that's what it takes to draw a non-South Australian into this market. Everyone thinks Port should just walk Asava through to the pre-season draft where they would be picked. So they finish fifth. So what do they pick? 13, 14. Okay. Yeah. The reality of that is that is massively dangerous, even if Asava does put in a form B. Mm. I can tell you Hawthorne will look at him. There's there's 12 clubs Adelaide. who get a free bite and they're not costing themselves a draft pick in the national draft. Adelaide needs a key defender. They'd love him. And they've got a lot of cash because we've noted that with the Harrison Petty. Correct. So... The interesting one that Cal Toomey's put on the table. The, the only the only issue is Asava's made it very very clear that he only wants to go to Port Adelaide, and if anyone takes him on, you're taking on a player that doesn't really want to be at your club. Yeah, and he then signs a one year contract, and we go through all this all over again. Yeah, or, now, or can you win him over long term? So you, I mean, but you don't want to put him in the preseason draft because of, course of that not. risk, because then he won't do the form B. The only way around this for Port is to now say to Geelong, you take pick twenty four. Or Asava nominates for the national draft and we'll use 24 there. So Port doesn't lose out anyway. Now, we're going to use 24 to trade. They use 24 to pick him up. And his terms would be exorbitant for anyone else to use one well, of those not. first 23 maybe draft not, picks. Because you would find a lot of the clubs would say with those first 23 picks that they've identified young talent of course. they want to quickly get. So they just let Asava walk to Port Jump, Jump to 24. So Port then says, well, the 24 was there on the table. We've used it. You talk about good faith. That would be a sign of it. And Geelong goes, well, we kicked ourselves out of a 24 pick. Cal Toomey had this to say on the way Port Adelaide could get Asava Radigalia to Albert and Oval a little bit earlier today. The preseason draft threat isn't really the viable option this time around, though. I think if he's going to be walked, if a deal's not done, it'd be through the national draft and Porter just pick him with that selection. Is it too big a risk that Hawthorne take him? Yeah, I mean, they're interested, they're interested in that. And, and looking at the draft order now... Hawthorne doesn't have a pick between pick three and Port Adelaide's pick at pick 25. Now, mm. they could change that and move in, but then there's the other factor that has to come into their thinking as well with the Will McKay bid, which probably comes before that selection and they have to you know, have the points ready from that scenario. So if it's a, a draft scenario, it's not a preseason draft scenario, it's a national draft scenario. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. Geelong has to get its head around that it will not get Ollie Lord out of Port Adelaide for a Savaratigalia. No. 24 is on the table. It's the only thing that will be on the table. Yes, it's all that Port Adelaide has. It's the and, best pick they've got. And if Port doesn't use it in a trade, they'll use it in the national draft and Asavarata Galea will be at Port Adelaide. Now, the preseason draft has enormous risks for everyone. So that you just don't see that playing. The other interesting one of the day... Do we know that Shane McAdam, as we told you? Just, if, just before we get yeah. off uh, Radigalea, we've got a message here from Brett. Chris Scott and Andrew Mackey are just showing their true colours. They're just jerk human beings. Oh, uh, so thank you to a, Brett. It's probably a little harsh. bit... They're good guys, you know, but I don't, I don't think they're dealing in, in good faith here. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to get that one they, in they have about... Every, they have every right to stand firm. I mean, there have been many clubs over the years that have stood firm saying we don't want to trade a player out, and we believe that... We can talk them back into staying here. I understand that there is standing firm, and Geelong have been one of the clubs that have consistently stood firm. Tim Kelly going to West Coast, that took two attempts and yep. uh, a couple of first-round draft they picks. Were satisfied with what they got. But Geelong have always been very good at playing the uh, welfare card with players that want to make their way back down to Geelong, even mm. go back as far as Patrick Dangerfield, who uh, wanted to come home, and football clubs made an allowance for that. Now, they did a reasonable trade, and I think Adelaide traded in good faith there on the basis of the fact that that's where Patrick wanted to go play as football. I think 
from my my issue with Geelong is that they've been very keen to run that welfare and um, some respect for the player and and their emotional connection to where they'd like to play and where they'd like to go back home. That's a two way street. Yeah, well, they did pay that one with Jeremy Cameron. They paid significantly for Jeremy Cameron with GWS. That's right. Yeah, and that's okay. But that that was. My goodness, he's probably the best player in the competition. Yeah. That's what he's worth. I, I, I can understand Geelong's it's, position whereby they want to play as hardball as they can. But come Wednesday night, when the trade deadline comes along, if they're not taking 24, they're just going to lose out, full stop. But let's just get this done and yeah, move but on. You know, but you know that they it's its just like Kenny says. You've got to know when to hold them. <laughs> now, the interesting one will be Adelaide and Melbourne. So Shane McAdam, as we told you yep. a couple of weeks ago, was out going yep. to Melbourne. So Melbourne's put on the table future second. Not this year's draft, next year's, which could be very handy to Adelaide where they could be in a bidding process for all sorts of father-son options. Fair offer? Future second, which let's... Look, oh, where Mel- Melbourne, Melbourne will probably... Look, do we still see Melbourne as a top four contender next year? I, I mean, I think I, I see McAdam as... Absolutely 100% a best 22 player for Adelaide, but I'm also aware that he's of an age profile that he's – there's more time behind him than ahead of him in AFL football. I I would say a future second-round pick is about right okay. for Shane McAdam. I don't think that's unreasonable. got a message here from Mark, uh, which is about this. With Petty refusing to extend his contract with Melbourne mm-hmm. and the McAdam trade hitting roadblocks, I'm tipping Perry's name will come up again. That might be – Hedy, I think, yeah, yeah. will come up again to be traded to the Crows. Watch this space. No, I think we can't know, see it. I don't think that one's going to happen too quickly. I'd love to see uh, brother and sister playing out of the same town. Mm, be interesting. Different sports, of course, not AFL, AFLW, although mm. there could be a. Could you arrange that? Could I arrange a defection it? from netball to football? Hannah Petty would be a handy AFLW footballer, I would have thought. Growing up on Woodner, she would uh, she'd know how to kick a footy. I would have thought that would be a blockbuster billboard, wouldn't it? A- anyway, Shane McAdam, what do you think? Second round, okay? Future yeah, I, second? I, we always thought it was a second round. So we know Melbourne's probably going to finish between one and six next year. So we're talking about a pick that's going to land close to 30 by the time it's in use. It's got a significant amount of points, which would help Adelaide. Shane McAdam's not coming back. Mm. No point in digging deep on that one. Of course. So, yeah, you'd expect hopefully that one gets done on Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, and again, I think the Adelaide Football Club and the Melbourne Football Club have dealt in pretty good faith here. I understand why the Adelaide Crows have gone, Harrison Petty's a South Australian who might be available. Yes, he's contracted, but let's... Let's put it out there. Let's see if we can't negotiate that as part of the deal. And it looks like um, Petty's going to stay at Melbourne and Adelaide therefore goes, okay, well, a future second round pick in isolation is probably about right. The AFL National Draft, which was designed to be the ultimate equalisation philosophy that the league could ever have, something they took in from the States whereby if you finished at the bottom of the table, you would get the best draft picks to get you the best talent to give you the best chance to rise up the ladder. Now... We're in 2023, and this national draft has become so compromised by issues of compensation picks for free agents, special assistant packages for North Melbourne, which has already used up next year's special assistant draft picks (laughs) before they were taken away, academy uh, compensations like Gold Coast has and what has been going on north of the border for so long that the draft doesn't look anything like an equalisation system at all. If you're sitting at Hawthorne, where you have finished 16th, 
and practically think, well, we should have the third pick in the draft and you're not getting it no. because of all the compensation picks. Interesting to listen to – well, not listen to – read Damien Barrett's piece where he does that if and then. Yeah, so but sliding the, doors it's called on the yeah. afl.com.au so website. he goes club by club, but this week he's added in the AFL. He's, he's, he's got, gone number 19. for the AFL. Yep. So he says, if the AFL player exchange and national draft periods were designed to be – and he puts in inverted commas – pure – and free of administrational hindrance, then the opposite has unfolded. Clubs somehow think they have a right to demand high compensation for the loss of free agents, evidence this week with North Melbourne and St Kilda. Damo says, I'd be banning compo as a starting point. First round draft picks are gifted to struggling clubs. North recently got three. So for those who send in the text messages, why isn't Damo having it at to get his own club. Well, he is. He's saying North don't deserve these. Clubs are way too easily able to swap draft picks for draft points to secure academy players. Gold Coast are doing that this year. Yep. And father-son prospects. And this is the key point. An immediate and thorough review needs to be conducted into all aspects of these operations. So he's hit on the very point here. We do no longer have a system that's designed to equalise the competition. Because at this point, North Melbourne's been given a huge leg up. But yeah, it's dragged but, down. But they're the, rubbish. They're bottom. And it's dragged down. Roots, I've got to be honest with you, and I've heard you read all of it. I know the side you're on, and I can I could not disagree more. We actually need bigger compo. Do you know what happens with pretty much every free agency trade? It's a bloke going from a bad club to a good club because he wants to he feels like he's done his time with his rubbish club and now he wants to go to a good club and win a premiership. And if that's the way it's going to work with free agency year in, year out, and that's what we see, and we even see that now, not that Adelaide are a bad club, but middle of the road club. Tom Duday goes to top-end club Brisbane, grand finalist, and we're saying that we should give them no compo. So we're just going to keep handing players from struggling clubs and give them to good clubs and pay nothing to the bad clubs in return. It's a, That is the most crazy system no, I've ever heard. No, I am no. very, very comfortable no with the way the AFL's handled this, no. where they've said, you know what, we are going to give good quality compensation if you lose a pick. No, and in particular with the system that the AFL drafted staggered, North no, Melbourne, missing, I'm no. very, very happy that no. they are going to get a very, very good no. pick for Ben Mackay. Ben, no no one, problem no at all. One's, no one's ignoring that point. The system is actually flawed. Because if you want pure compensation that keeps equalisation, you don't invent new picks. So if you're saying here, like, okay, North, St Kilda and all these clubs are being hurt, here's the real test of compensation. Instead of North Melbourne getting a new pick, which then hurts Hawthorne and every team that else is there in the bottom end, Go to Essendon and say, you know what? We're taking a draft pick away from you. You want Ben Mackay. You want Todd Goldstein. You want Jade Gresham. That's three draft picks you lose. That's compensation. Well, that's that's equalisation. That's an entirely different story, and I don't, uh, I don't have a drama with it. But taking away from bad clubs and giving them to good clubs is just silly business. 